0: Ayurveda comes into three packets. One packet is all about your diet and lifestyle. Second segment of Ayurveda is detox. And the third principle which Ayurveda works is nourishment.
1: Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Shift with Shiva. I'm your host, Shiva Veneti. I'm a certified sleep consultant for babies and adults. I'm also a baby science program instructor and an Akashic Light Healing Practitioner. So welcome to another episode. And today, we'll be interviewing Dr Satyam Tripathi Dr Satyam specializes in Ayurveda and I'm really excited about today's episode because Ayurveda has always been a very interesting idea for me because I was I am from India originally and it is one of the oldest holistic healing systems that is available still in the world today along with traditional Chinese medicine. So Ayurvedic medicine or Ayurveda as it's commonly known as is the belief that health and wellness depends on the fine balance between the mind, body, and spirit. I wanted to invite uh, Dr. Satyam today to basically enlighten us what is the history of Ayurvedic medicine, what is it all about, How do they ascertain what is the fine balance between the mind, body, and spirit? What does that mean in the Ayurvedic context? and um, you know the kind of therapies and the diagnoses that they probably use in, the, uh, in this particular practice. So I hope you enjoy today's content. And if you know anyone who would benefit from this interview's content and information, don't forget to like, comment, or subscribe. And please definitely share this episode with someone who you think would benefit from the content. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode. So I just wanted to ask, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you became an Ayurvedic doctor? What led you to this journey?
0: I was grown up, grown in a family where my grandfather was a a cooperative inspector. Uh, It was a time of uh, India's independence where he started his job, and it was like after colonization he was into that. And then following to the my father who also. Uh, was working as a professional in uh, government uh, forest department so my childhood was like near to the forest Uh, in the forest you can say because when you are a forest officer a lot of things they have to be there in the forest so it was some somehow like uh, inbuilt because you that's how what no, if you are grown in a cosmopolitan city you will think like a cosmopolitan True. person when you are born there so you there thought process like that so you get attracted it becomes easier Also, and then it was something which is like when you always keep listening about hearing about this helps in this helps in that so you get more curiosity so that curiosity was there that I want to find out how it can really help people in a much better way and um, when it came to my choice as a professional as a doctor so then i felt that i can choose this which will be more easier better and uh, something which will be satisfying my passion as well so uh, i went for that and uh, i completed my uh, doctor degree following with that we i went for the specialization which includes yoga as well so yoga and then rehabilitation where we, we then it, it became a journey, like, like when you started going, doing your specialization, then you think of specific diseases where I went for diabetes, hypertension, you know, HIV and cancer conditions. And then uh, went on and on and on. And finally, where, where am I?
1: <laughs> and when did you come to Singapore with, to establish your Ayurvedic pras- practice?
0: Uh, as a full-fledged uh, doctor, I came to Singapore in two, to 2012 end of 2012 I came you know and uh, then uh, of course uh, before that also I used to come here but that was not something like a, as a, to build up a career it was something like an invited guest was for, uh, for speaking for some workshops and all that uh, I felt that Singapore is a good place where you can really express your potential and at the same time you know like there is one place where you have good crowd uh, and good number of people who can uh, give you the knowledge which is India mm-hmm. you know like there are 100 people but there are 100 doctors also to give enough knowledge but there is another part of the world there are 100 people but there are only one or two people to serve yeah. so then thought that maybe this part of the world needs can needs service which compared to the other crowd and that's how I moved
1: to Singapore. I see. Okay. Wonderful. So then could you just elaborate a little bit about what really is Ayurveda? Like what is the main principles or as we say back home, the funda, the, you know, the foundation and the ideas behind uh, Ayurveda?
0: See, Ayurveda can be explained in many different ways, but what I will like to explain clinically, it is in this way. Uh, Ayurveda comes into three packets. One packet is all about your diet and lifestyle, where it teaches you how and what are the things which you have to eat what are the spices which you have to put if not spices those spices are now replaced by some supplements as well like turmeric is also a supplement now uh, the tulsi which is also called as uh, holy basil is also a supplement now this but it is also a kind of food which we put it into our vegetables or in our uh, normal staple food mm. you know so that's what what's it's the first segment second segment of ayurveda is about detox okay Uh, the channels has to be clean because no matter whatever food nutrition supplements or whatever you are talking about if that is not reaching to the target area where it is supposed to reach then no point in taking that because it is getting continuously getting blocked it is continuously getting uh, stopped somewhere so uh, that's how the patient come to me and then when i will be asking them to take uh, some food or something they'll say like doctor it doesn't work and this and then i have to tell them the exact thing that why it doesn't work so it happens to many common people like whom you will be also meeting maybe to you also that if you eat this it doesn't work but because we have uh, we have channels all over the body digestive channel respiratory channel excretory channels so these are all channels over channels in your body even blood vessels uh, arteries and veins are also channels so these are channels and uh, channels have uh, blockage, so this has to be clean. So that's a important thing which Ayurveda talks. So one principle is about food and diet, and second principle is about detoxification, and the third principle which Ayurveda works is nourishment. Hmm. One one nourishment which we talk is diet and nutrition in a normal way. One nourishment is what you do, or which you give to the body is transmembranous and transdermal. Transmembranous and transdermal means something which you apply on the body or something which you put on the body. So this is dermis, this is skin, dermis and epidermis. So you are trying to move something transdermal. And inside the body, there are membranes. So when the herbs reach inside the body, they are moving one membrane over another membrane through the process of osmosis. Okay. Of course, in Ayurveda, they don't say the word osmosis, but it is important to mention this word because if there are people who are trained in modern medicine or they understand the modern medical science, they need to understand that how exactly things are moving in. No, otherwise it will look like a mystery, mysterious science. I'm talking about. So, transdermal and transmembranal things has to be done that includes therapy in yoga you know people go for different kind of therapy in yoga which can be done on the head which can be done on the eyes which can be done on the nose which can be done on the heart which can be done on the spine which can be done on the knee so what is that ayurveda is doing is transdermal and transmembrane so ayurveda is a combination of uh, daily diet and lifestyle Second thing is as a therapy. And the third thing is as a detox. And all these things are encompassed by the three parameters which ultimately work, which we call it as Vata, Pitta and Kapha. Okay. So Vata, Vata Pitta and Kapha is like a, it's like a wrapper, mm. you know outside everything has to go through like if you want to go in you have to break mm-hmm. the wrapper you have to open the wrapper right so you have to understand vata pitta and kafa so that you can go inside yep. right and al- along with that when you open the wrapper you also have a hard case you know in, inside the gift is packed so the hard case is seven tissues in our bodies mm. which we, which are yeah. rasa rakta mamsa meda asthi majja shukra which means plasma, blood, muscle, muscle fat, bone, bone marrow, adipose tissues, and finally, which is the sperm and ovum, reproductive cells. So all these things together make a health according to Ayurveda, which includes the toxins also of our body, the waste products also right, of our body, like urine, feces, sweat, not only g three, which is commonly known, now wax, the the wax inside the ears, under the hair follicles, mucus, or phlegm inside the body, hair and nails are also the byproducts and the waste products of the body. So all these things together make one as Ayurveda.
1: Right. And you were mentioning about Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Can you just elaborate what is Vata, Pitta, and Kapha?
0: Kapha. Okay. Vata, Pitta, and Kapha are basically parameters to assess the entire. Condition. What happens is like what when we talk about uh, different parameters in modern medical science today is liver parameters, or we are talking about respiratory parameters or kidney parameters. So we have different segments that if this is there, this may affect this. If this is that, like for example, when you are talking about diabetes, HbA1c is a standard three months, four months average of blood glucose level. So if it is high, it will affect your heart, it will affect your eyes, it will affect your diastasis system it will affect your entire metabolism so you understand why one parameter, how many things it will get affected if you are looking into kidney you seek serum creatinine or glomerulus filtration rate so you understand that glomerulus filtration rate is less so the kidney is filtering less Then there will be water accumulation inside the body there will be edema there will be swelling creatinine is high which means the kidney is not functioning well maybe it is going towards kidney failure so now when we talk about vata pitta and kapha they are also the parameters of our body in different levels like there are certain segments for which vata is located uh, is related like dryness mm. dryness in the joints means vata is high mm. the dryness in the skin which means vata is high on the skin so in different place vata is high if the vata is high in the brain vata is combination of wind and space so anything which is moving is related to vata. So when the vata is high in the brain, which means your brain is functioning very fast, illogically. It's not logical. It can be illogical functioning of the brain. Something which we ultimately call it as madness. Sure. You know, mental illness as well. So mm-hmm. vata is high. When it comes to pitta, pitta is fire. Fire has transformation, which means now if pitta is high in your brain, it will create a transformation, chemical secretions. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, the the secretion of serotonin, melatonin, histamine, dopamine, which is there in your brain. So what are these? These are chemicals which are creating a transformational changes inside your brain. So when you say Pitta is high, so Pitta is high means the changes and the chemicals is faster. So the person can be uh, intelligent also at the same time, worried also at the same time, uh, hyperactive also at the same time, in a positive way, in a negative way. That's a different thing. Mm. Okay because that's the quality of the brain. You know, one thing is functioning of the brain and one is quality of the brain. Like which quality it is functioning. Right? Right. So what then comes kapha, kapha, which is a nutritional factor, which is a stable factor. This again has a different classification. It's not just vata, pitta and kapha are enough. Then vata has again five types. Prana, udana, vyana, samana, apana. Similarly, pitta also has pachak, ranjak, alochak, sadhak. There are different kind of. So what I'm trying to say here is it's the, they are it is not just three parameters. Three again has another five, and then again have divisions. That's how the body works. So like in a very generalized way, how we talk about modern sciences, you have a parameter for uh, diabetes blood investigation. Mm. When you have a uh, for kidney, you have kidney profile. For the liver, you have liver profile. So liver profile is not just one. When you go deeper into liver profile, you will get cholesterol. You will get SGOT, SGPT. Mi the amylase conditions so when you go to kidney profile you will not just see how is the urine looking like now you'll go into uric acid urea then you'll see serum creatinine glomerulus filtration rate you'll like to see bacteria there in the urine or not blood is there or not so so once you go into that perimeter there are another segment so in the same way according to ayurveda vata pitta and kaphar just a generalized version like kidney profile heart profile and this then inside you have more details mm,
1: mm, mm. wow okay so it's quite a massively uh, widespread of a uh, type of medicine in that sense i mean we're talking about i mean you're talking about detox you're talking about the body systems uh in terms of like the elements that then also uh, subdivide from there then you're talking about herbal uh related uh, the food and nutrition that goes into the body so it's quite a very holistic Correct. range in that sense um Is there any ailments that Ayurveda cannot treat?
0: See, this is a very good question, which uh, you are asking. Limitations,
1: Mm.
0: right? Limitation. Every medicine has its own limitation. And as long as as a good physician or a good therapist understands where is my limitation, then he can or she can refer to someone else. Yes. Right? It is not no point in jumping into everything and I know everything and I can do everything
1: absolutely so
0: what happens is when we talk about ayurveda into emergency medicine ayurveda is really not good at this point of time i'm not saying ayurveda is not good at all Mm
1: -hmm. ayurveda
0: is not good at this point of time because we have to still do a lot of r d research and development to go to that level where ayurveda can work as an emergency medicine Mm -hmm. when there is a acute or infections this, which in, that infection is continuously growing, so you need to find a better alternative. Which we call it as vaccines. We call it as antibiotics, stronger level of antibiotics, especially vaccines. I'll say. So Ayurveda doesn't has any kind of vaccine so far. So these are the limitations of Ayurveda, mm. you know, where Ayurveda cannot work. You know, I'll not say cannot work. It's not yet ready to work. Maybe it was there in the past but somehow all these things have not gone through R&D because there are many literature where we see that you can do this and you will get this effect. You can do this, you'll get this effect. It is written. But written in a book doesn't justify that we can do it in today's world. Written 5,000 years ago is not considered as a validated science till it has not been not, been reinvented or researched and has been really analyzed in the present criteria because we are dealing with life of somebody and that somebody can be someone's mother, someone's brother, someone's sister, someone's wife. So we have to understand that this R&D has to happen. And that's what we are actually trying to do in our Union Yoga Ayurveda here in Singapore that uh, we are the first uh, school as well as clinic in Singapore who has tried to publish the research work, whatever we are able to do. And so far, we are able to publish two research papers Mm. on one on osteoporosis uh, and uh, yoga Ayurveda science, and the other on uh, remission therapy for cancer patient. So, so although there are a lot of research happening all over the world, but when it comes to Ayurveda and yoga, and in Singapore, so far we are the first uh, institute, first clinic who has published in indexed international journal.
1: Mm, wow! Congratulations. Okay. So then, in t- so basically, Ayurveda can. Um can work in partnership with with Western medicine pretty well. Yes. In terms of um, healing and restoration and basically getting the person back to uh what would classify as perfect health for that person. Um but is there does it also like go into uh the range of like, as you said, mental illnesses, for example? Um, is there any limitations? treatment or does Ayurved actually work really well for people with mental illnesses for example
0: it works very well with mental illness no doubt about it as i said that when we talk about mental illness there is a wide range of diseases again you know when we talk about certain conditions like later level of schizophrenia even in modern medicine they will say that they don't have any treatment Mm. you know so uh, they uh, th- there are certain therapies which is uh, including shocks which have been given to the patients you know again there are a lot of articles people su- some people support it some people don't support it based on uh, research findings but uh, at the end of the day what is being said that they also don't have treatment you know, so when they when that one one segment segment a doesn't has treatment segment b is trying to do so it is we are actually standing in the same same level you know? mm. and as i said earlier also that it is not about how many treatments we have and what are the things which we can do it is more about how much r and d has been done
1: yeah
0: you know because it is uh, the biggest thing which every medical science has and should have also that uh, efficacy trials,
1: mm.
0: you know, because let's say I'm saying that I have a I have made a medicine or vaccine for COVID-19, you know, I'm I, I want to give it to you. Are you going to take it? No, you will say no, no. doctor, is it well tested? Is it safe? Because you are going to inject on me or I'm going to drink it or whatever. So it is it well tested? So till it is not well tested, how can I say that you should take it? So it has to be tested also. And this test and all these things takes longer time. Like even in the whole world is in emergency today for COVID-19. Everybody wants it fastest to the fastest by today. But then also it is taking time. Like we came to know about this COVID from uh, somewhere in December, January, and we are sitting on the eighth month now. You know? So so we it is still taking time and it is going to take another eight months more, right? Mm. So in the major emergency condition, even it can take so long ayurveda is not an emergency condition Mm. diabetes or hypertension is also not an emergency condition you know yeah so so it takes its own speed it takes its own time if you really look into many medicines which you know today it is not that it has these things have been uh, evolved in just one or two years certain antibiotics which you are using today they have been the research has been started 15 years ago or 17 years ago and today you are seeing that you know and that too with a lot of financial backup and a lot of commercial support Mm. so this has to go through well. so we need to have that kind of mindset also that we have to grow this and there should be consistency and then this medicines which i'm talking about that we have as i said we have We can say that now we can use it.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And so in Ayurveda, like you know, I think most people understand when they go to a conventional medical doctor, they will probably get blood tests done. You know, the 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 doctor will check their heart rate and with a stethoscope and things like that, blood pressure machine. How are the diagnoses, you know, methods for Ayurveda like, and what other type of therapies? That you prescribe when it comes to Ayurveda. I'm sure it's a lot, maybe just like a couple.
0: Okay, first suggestion is when whoever is listening, our viewers and all, uh, it is not that for Ayurveda we really need to invent or discover a new method of diagnosis. See, diagnosis is not a problem. When you look into current modern diagnostic criteria, whatever has been said, it is well and good. You know, see, for example, MRI. very good diagnostic machine do we really need to invent one more and mri no right yes we need to invent a better version of that that's the difference you know like from mri we got a doppler effect of mri then 3d mri then we have fmri which is functional mri that's a better version of that so these are this is the work of doctors uh, sorry engineers actually it's not doctors work Mm -hmm. engineers are giving us support so that we can see things more clear but ultimately as a doctor which is in ayurveda or naturopathy or modern science i'm not talking about tcm but i but i feel for them also that we all want to see actually something similar urine test what how is urine what is the color of the urine smell of the urine and other molecules uh, changes in the urine in the feces in the blood in the tongue, in the mucus, in the hormones, you know, we want to see something similar, you know. And as long as we can get it from the left wing or from the right wing, doesn't matter. We are getting information.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, information is not a treatment. Information is just the information mm-hmm. you get from where. Doesn't matter. So it is not that this is a modern way of investigation. So I cannot use it in Ayurveda. This is wrong. It is an investigation no matter it is a modern way or it is a technical way or technological way or it way, doesn't matter it is an investigation and if that investigation really helps me to really correlate with the diagnosis of the disease so i'm fine with that of course there are some for which we are all working yet like pulse diagnosis which is totally limited to a physician's understanding we are trying to develop a pulse meter you know the that is also called as nadi tarangini one of the uh, very good engineer from indian institute of technology he is trying to work on that he has developed a software and then he is trying to work on different part of the world to standardize the reading just like our blood pressure has a reading right
1: yeah a
0: standard reading 120 by 80 which is standard so first of all we need to define what is a standard level of blood of pulse of Vata, pitta and kapha and then we have to define abnormal so this person is actually trying to work so if tomorrow that machine comes of Vata, pitta and kapha in the form of machine it is not that it's uh, a modern thing it's just a better version of that diagnosis mm-hmm. so we so when we look into uh, the diagnostic part in ayurveda which i was trying to explain earlier also to you, know, that there are different methods there are Those who are less experienced, they can go through 12 methods of uh, uh, examining the patient. We call it as Dasa Vidhi Pariksha. Dasa means 10, Vidhi means process, Pariksha means examination. Mm. As you get more experience, more and more experience you don't need to really look into all the 10 aspects by eight aspects which is called as ashta vidhi pariksha eight aspects you can diagnose as you get more experience and more experienced, you reach to the level of pancha vidhi pariksha five aspects hmm. any five aspects you can look into that and you can diagnose the problem with more experience you get into the the thing which is called as 3-Vidhi Pariksha. Now you don't need 5 things. You just need 3 things and you will understand the situation. You will be able to This is all how you gain confidence step by step, you know. And then finally, you reach to the stage where just by looking into the person, you will understand that. You know, so like when I see myself growing, so I did start from 10, 10 to 8, 8 to 5, and now I reach to the state where I need to see 3 things and then I can go into diagnosis. So every new practitioner, I normally suggest them that start with that 10 minutes so that you will be more clearer in your diagnosis. And as you get more and more experienced, of course, you will feel better. Like, you know, there are very good neurosurgeon who don't need a very strong MRI with contrast or something. They will look into that and they'll say, okay, this is the problem. I know that what to be done. Mm. Because they have, they have done 30 years of surgery and they have opened every part of the cervical and the lumbar spine. So they know actually everything is, their mind is a computer, mm.
1: you know.
0: Whereas the new neurosurgeons, they need to see this, this effect from the left side, from the lateral, from the medial side, you know, to understand more clear. So it is not that someone is good or someone is bad. It's all about experience.
1: Right. And so what are the 10 methods uh, of that that you look at? I mean, just briefly, as as you said, you, you look at pulse. I don't even know how you would, what could you determine from the pulse, for example?
0: Okay. Uh, this is going to be very technical. I don't think our viewers will understand, but if you have asked this question, I will answer this. See, uh, there are different places of your body where different, uh, different doshas are located. Okay. You know, where we, we call it as uh, when we talk about vata, vata, the seat of location is somewhere near to the rectum, pakwashe, kati, sakti, etc. etc. So, uh, this is very clear, near to the pelvic region, near to the rectum area, near to the colon area. You know, then when we go to the pitta, which is located in the uh, near to the umbilical region and above the umbilical region. So, this is the pitta. And then the third thing is. Kapha, which is located at the chest and the throat area. So especially chest area. So uh, then circulates there. So when we look into the three things, you know, when we do the pulse diagnosis. Yes. You know, so the three fingers actually are going to look into Vata, Pitta and Kapha. You know, mm. And that's how you look into that. Then you start analyzing that which part the pulse is getting Activated and with what rhythm? You know, if the rhythm is very fast, it means snake. Like snake, you call it as vata When the rhythm is like jumping, like a like a frog, then you will say that pitta is more activated. Now pitta is where in the stomach? You know, like then you have to start correlating all those things.
1: I you know? see. Then
0: when then when you look into this, so the pulse is moving like a tortoise, slow. So then you say like kapha is more activated, and kapha is located here in the kapha. What is abnormal now? So then you see that which direction is actually the um, the entire pulse is moving. So north, south, east, west, northeast, southwest. So in that direction, whichever is moving, which means that particular part has some problem. That's why the pulse is moving towards that direction. Mm. So then you have to analyze. So it is something like a 3D image which you have to build up in your mind. And then, of course, you have to ask questions.
1: Mm.
0: Questioning is the first and the foremost important thing in diagnosis because that's how you start understanding things right so uh, there are different ways then you t- check the tongue and then coating and then the skin color then stool how is the stool you ask all, a lot of questions right urination time you know sleep a lot of questions you ask so that's how you keep growing.
1: i see wow that's really fascinating so again so vata is space and air a uh, wind sorry And then Pitta was fire and Kava was water, was it?
0: Water plus earth.
1: Water plus earth, right? Okay, okay, very, very interesting. And in terms of the therapies that you would probably prescribe, um, what are the variations? So you did talk about like um, now turmeric comes in pill forms. So basically, like certain herbs that now come in pill forms, maybe one of those. Uh, therapies for example or i would imagine diet and nutrition you would probably also look into for person. what other therapies i wanted to basically ask
0: okay uh, there are different kind of therapies as i said again uh, from head to toe i will say on the head you know that is uh, i'll not use the sans- sanskrit word because uh, it doesn't give uh, viewers a clear understanding you know, but they all have Sanskrit words. English English names are just modern names, you can say. So something it is called as head tapping, where you really tap on the head and you do that. And it's not a massage. There is a big confusion in people that Ayurveda is something related to massage. Ayurveda has a component of massage, but Ayurveda is not about massage. Okay. Yes, it is. A, it is a commercial way of doing it because massage is quite lucrative in work because out of 10, there is one patient who is sick. But now nine are not sick. So if I am running a business and I'm thinking that I want to get more clients, so massage makes all 10 out of 10 come to the place. You know, Of course, in Union Yoga Ayurveda, we don't do any kind of massages because from the very first day, we are very firm in one thing that we have to develop our place known to be as a clinic. When people go to Union Yoga Ayurveda, they say that, oh, there is no massage there. Yeah, you have you are sick. You have some problem. You go there as a clinic, and they will treat you as a clinic with no massage. But if you want to do massage, there are a lot of good places in Little India. They are running. They are professional in Ayurveda massages. You please go there, and we also recommend. Like if it is Ayurveda massage, if you want massage, you go there. You want you are having something related to clinical problems you come. so uh, head tapping is not a massage it is a tapping sutures on your head, sutures so you have sutures on your head and through that we are trying to do something which can be quite treatment-based you know herbal
1: you tap the head because it will stimulate the flow or yeah, uh,
0: it stimulates the muscles cranial muscles in that area and that can allow the muscles to really absorb the herbs and can do the function which are very much important for the head region which is the nervous system and with the herbs are of course uh, specialized only for the nervous system so it works in that so we don't do massage but we tap and we then we do certain techniques like we will use a heat to really dilate the blood vessels then the herbs can seep in and then it can start working so it is a process where Person may, when you know, like when the person comes here, they, they should be well clear and known that there is no massage because the moment a person thinks of massage, he will think of relaxation, you know. And when you are tapping someone, thak, 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 so they'll feel like, Where is the relaxation? Here? You know, it's something else is going on, you know, they are doing something, eat and this, something and like that. So they should be very clear that here you, you have a problem, I'm going to solve your problem. We are in Ayurvedic engineers of your body, that's simple as that. Mm. You know. Then in the eye nourishment and cleaning, so eye detox, we use certain herbs to, you know, and then we let it drain, you know, through the yeah we put it into the eye and then the toxin starts draining out from the side of the cell so we put it from here it will drain from here so that's called as eye detox then through the sinus we create a stimulation here and with in mucus from still some oil inside the nose to do sinus cleansing also after that you know so it's all together it's a sinus detox then throat work cleaning the throat and infections inside the mouth you know so that we also do then heart we do heart stimulation, and uh, to which is also called as Riddhahara actually in Ayurveda. But as I said, like English name better is to understand heart stimulation to make heart rhythm work well, you know. So then comes into liver detox, we clean the liver. Liver detox, we do kidney detox through the umbilicus. We do certain installation of the herbs. Umbilical Pichu uterus detox. Then we also do full body detox you know then we do therapy which is uh, uh, pps and p2 on the spine and at the cervical level at the knee or the thyroid or the you know pregnancy menstrual disorders you know we we do use modern uh safe equipments like ultrasound and etc things also never needed you know under the guidance you know so to make sure that everything is well taken care and in a scientific way
1: Mm. and how long can a treatment period i would i mean i guess that's kind of not a great question because it depends on the ailment and the issue that you're treating but um could this be something that goes on for years and years and years or is it more like we want to try and aim to get this person well in within a year or something
0: okay before that we need to understand that what are we aiming to if a person comes to you with a pain and he says that I just want to get rid of this pain, enough. then of course, maybe around uh, six to eight session, the pain will go. But there will be another question, doctor, This will this pain will come back? Answer is, if you are not treating the root cause of it, mm. which means you allow the roots to be still there, today you are cutting the branches and the fruit tomorrow again, they will grow up.
1: Right. Nice.
0: So, so your if you came for pain you just want that to be done it is fast yeah 6 to 8 session done if a person aims that i want to really work on the roots to some extent and then they get bored you know so it may last for 2 to 3 months yeah right mm. then there are some people who want to really make sure that the roots are totally treated and at the same time they want to make sure that it doesn't re and so it will take around four months, five months. Mm-hmm. So there are some people who say that doctor, can I? Like I am having family history of cancer, you know, and uh, I got some polyps, which was uh, stage one cancer, but it got removed. So I want to prevent it. So can I come in this way that I come for immunotherapy? There is a herbal immunotherapy which enhances your immune system, you know. So I can I come once in a month and then every 3 months i go for blood test and check my immune system is strong or not so there are people who are educated
1: hmm.
0: you know they understand things so they will do once once in a month and they will do for 3 months and after 3 months they go, go for blood investigation they will see how much their immune system has gone better then again they will continue for 3 months again they will do so three they will do blood test four times in a year to monitor how's and that's how they they know that their family history has cancer and they want to prevent it so it is always good to prevent by like a small amount of investment which is approximately 80 90 let's say 100 dollars investment hmm.
1: 100
0: dollars investment for your health is nothing
1: hmm.
0: you know more than that you pay the premium of your health insurance per month that's
1: right you know yeah right
0: so so this depends upon how clear and uh, educated the person is education is not about how many degrees you have done education is more about how much you are clear with your life and with your health so you might have not studied even a single class but if you are clear with your life you are considered as educated
1: right the more awareness and and, uh, exposure in terms of like your awareness of things yeah definitely i think is very very important and do you think that so do you, would you say that people who have chronic issues, for example, like intolerances, or they have things like cholesterol, or they have things like autoimmune diseases, for example, are these things that can be treatable, um, since they don't fall, fall under the emergency medicine per se, but they are more chronic conditions, are these treatable under Ayurveda?
0: See, when you ask this question, no, it has a uh, it has a double meaning. I'll tell you how. Okay. Treatable, my answer is yes.
1: Right. Because
0: treatment can be done for anything, you know. Okay. Doctor, can you treat COVID-19 treatment? Okay, I'll do the treatment. Treatment is just a treatment. Curable or not curable?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay, yes.
0: <laughs> okay. So if your question is about treatment, I say answer is everything is treatable.
1: Hmm.
0: Now question is curable, not curable. So there are three categories in there overall medical sense, it is not just about Ayurveda, but Ayurveda says this with references that there are three kinds of diseases. One is called as curable, one is called as difficult to cure and one is called as incurable but manageable. Okay. Okay? So uh, ultimately, there are like stage 4 cancer. Is it curable? It is not curable. What you can do? You can manage it and you can add years into life. Right? Maybe the person who is going to die in one year, if you start doing the therapy now, it will become one and a half year, or it will become two years. So you have added right, right? With less stress on the body, correct? So this is also a treatment hmm. because nobody is immortal in this world so if you look at this that doctor is it curable yes it was actually a cure at least for three months at least for three days my i tell that maybe i'm not knowing that how a, that that dying person feels but what one thing what i can understand that to a dying person if you can give him extra one day also is a big treatment you know because he has he he has everything but he cannot buy that one day or one hour or one a half a day so we are this is all also treatment so leaving a person hopeless like oh in modern medicine i cannot do this treatment anymore so you have no where to go so that's not the right so yes there are conditions where which are curable reversible so we do talk about that initial stages of many diseases you know counting one or two will be a waste of time Many diseases, initial stage, of course, it's curable. Difficult to cure is many diseases, not initial stage, later stage, and that too will be neglected. You know, you have knee pain or neglecting it. I am having pain, doctor, from past three years. Then three years, you are creating a torture in your body, and you are expecting any doctor to treat it in three months. What are you expecting that doctor is a magician is it no, and if anyone says that he is a magician, then he's a crook <laughs> uh, because because that's not correct you have we have to we are not salesmen. we have to tell them a time frame with educate them what exactly is happening inside the body and let them understand it because when they understand they will not only just do a treatment with you but also they will do all the preventive, preventive methods so that things will not become worse in future.
1: Yeah, you know? right.
0: So that's how it has to happen.
1: And how does yoga factor into the, to the treatment or into maintenance? Like, what are the, I mean, in terms of benefits of yoga, I think there are a thousand benefits. But in terms of your practice, what are the benefits of, of yoga with your practice?
0: Yoga is a backbone. Okay. which doesn't looks like you, it is doing something sometimes sometimes but it is doing everything okay i'm talk i'm talking to you now and i'm moving my head so you will say that i'm moving my head but actually i'm not moving my head my spine is supporting my head then only my head can move so yoga is a backbone first thing yoga corrects your mind the way of your thinking the way how your nervous system, what is mind functioning of the brain cells, in which direction it will work. Because based on the way how the mind will function, the desires are nothing else or the emotions are nothing else but a chemical movement in your body. And these chemicals create certain changes at the physical level. Mm. A person gets stressed because he has the production of stress hormones inside. And when the production of stress hormones happen inside the body, the body will have certain physical changes like fast heartbeat, stiffness of the muscles. So these are physical changes which are happening. And now what we are trying to do is we are trying to control these physical changes, thinking that I can only change this physical change and it will be done. But reality is it is coming from somewhere else. So yoga plays a very important role in meditation. It's a science of mind, point number one. There are many people who are living a very sedentary lifestyle. As I said about Ayurveda, that there are toxins which are blocking the thing. You can clean the place, but you, have, you need a daily routine. Nice. Postures, asanas. They, they break your sedentary lifestyle routine and they make your channels clean by daily sweating, by daily workout. And then it makes you more aware about your body. You start loving your body. Believe me, no matter how do you look, fat, Ugly doesn't matter the moment you will start doing your yoga, you will start feeling that you have started loving your body. You start feeling that you are beautiful, you are good looking automatically. Don't know from where this maybe this is a magic of yoga. I'll say, you know, this is the way how the person changes. You know, he starts loving life, you know, he starts eating well automatically. This is an automatic side effects of yoga. You know, when people say side effects, yoga has side effects, but a better version of side effects. You start loving people, you start being cheerful, you start being happy, you start taking care of the body, you start uh, breaking the sedentary lifestyle regime and all those things, you start doing it. And then along with that, there uh, there, there are components of breathing. So when you start breathing, you have more and more oxygen intake, the oxygen which is creating a proper oxidation and the reduction process inside the body and the entire metabolism starts getting corrected.
1: So in terms of what is the change or what is the shift that you want to create with Ayurveda?
0: Okay, this is a mission and vision with which I started doing my work in Singapore, I'll say. Of course, that is from quite earlier, but in Singapore, I'll say. It's very important to fix proper standards. Everybody is doing good work. I have no question about someone is doing bad or whatever. But it is very important to fix proper standards of treatment, of evaluation, and as well as guidance, education, we can say. Yeah. You know? Not every Tom, Dick, and Harry who knows how to do massage should not become a therapist. Yeah. You know, because this is the way how we are actually bringing the science in a civilized society in a proper way. Everyone, whoever is educated, they should be somewhere educated in modern science also to understand that how to bring the linkage between uh, ancient and the modern science, you know, because the fact of life is today, if something which is not connected to technology is not being respected, it's well and clear. You know, even pen and paper are going to be changed into iPads and iPens. Yes,
1: yeah. So we are
0: going into that era. And if you still try to be ancient and thinking that you are going to sit at Himalayas and find a herb in Himalayan roots, then you are talking about fantasy, which is good in Hollywood movies, but not in real life. You know. So what I really want to do is to bring Ayurveda combined with technology, combined with modern methods, Ayurveda should look modern but the concept should be ancient.
1: Mm.
0: I don't want to decrease the conceptualization which should be totally ancient but it should be used with the modern tools. Yeah, And that's very important and that is the change which I will love to see if people agree with me and they want somewhere I should do the help. I do teaching, I do certify uh, therapist, you know, with the help of many other team members. It's not only me. When we say union, union is a combination of people who are intellectual and highly educated and just one of them. So we are all trying to do this with a mission to make sure that when people talk about Ayurveda in Southeast Asia, if they talk about union, they will say that this is something which is new, Mm. which has the ancient concept, but still it is something new.
1: Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, I hope a lot of people get on the bandwagon of joining in your quest to bring Ayurveda to the 21st, 22nd century, hopefully, where we keep the ancient uh, foundations alive, but using modern... uh, methods to start bringing it into the 21st century a little bit more accessible to people and more understanding thank you so much dr satyam for your time sharing all this wonderful information i hope people will like this information and if they have any questions about ayurveda please go and follow the links below in the show notes to union uh, ayurveda uh, yoga so that we'll put the links down there thank you so much again dr satyam welcome welcome thank you